Welcome to All About Audio Podcast, where we discuss topics relevant to audio industry professionals. I'm your host, Sean Chapman. Each month, I will interview audio professionals to bring you tips and advice for working in audio or starting your own business. This week's guest is Ginny Rin Stotrup, who runs Gritty Birds Podcasting out of Portland, Oregon. Nice to meet you, Sean. Nice to meet you too, Jenny. Uh, how's it going today? It's going good. Yeah, I've been working on a video today. Um, like some days, like if things aren't like super client heavy, it's like a perfect opportunity to do editing for my own projects. And mm-hmm, definitely. So, weighed down a couple folks, got everything I needed done yesterday, and then I had uh, meetings with a. Uh, um, one of my launch clients, and then I had a you know prospective launch client right after it. So, and then here we are. So I can't say it's a bad day, but I, yeah, I finished the first video edit on it, which is fun because uh, you know, like you, new projects, and I'm this uh, new video series is fun because I've never consistently edited video, so this is gonna be fun. Very cool. What what program are you using to do video? Yeah, so I've been. For the last two years, I've been in the Adobe suite, and I had done photography before, so I'd like I'd been familiar with Lightroom because I felt I just love that program. And then I wasn't doing as much photography for a while, but I still had the Creative Cloud, and I got auditioned two years ago when I started professionally, like you know, consistently professionally with a plan to be doing audio production for others, as opposed to just picking up projects. And suddenly I got a job maybe three weeks ago. And it was like, well, uh, can you edit this video? And I said, absolutely, because I've done it before. And so I went the full suite. And here we are. So premiere. (laughs) Yeah, the rabbit hole. (laughs) Uh, Tell the audience what, um, what it is that you do for a living. Yeah, I'm Jenny Ren Stotrup, and I am a podcast producer and coach. Producer, producer, can't speak. Uh, yeah, I'm a podcast producer and coach. So what that means is I help folks not just do editing, which I do, but I also will help with anything from sound design. Uh, you know, I, I keep them kind of like going. We do a lot of content development with some of my clients. And I do creative consulting and sound design as well for some shows. And then whoever comes to me, I will help out with things like launches. And um, I do a lot of tech work. So someone comes to me and needs to figure out a solution for their studio. I do a lot of that because of my time at Guitar Center. That's, so that's oh, you live in um, Oregon? Yeah, I live in Portland, Oregon. I do. Yeah, I, I've seen that you, um, you've you lived in a few different places and you've had uh, a lot of different kinds of, of work experiences. Yeah, I have. And uh, I've been out in the Pacific Northwest now for 15 years. So uh, I was back in the Midwest for a year when I went to get my master's in education. Um, you know, the economy crashed. And so kind of took a route from performing and music and production to you know, get get some bills paid. <laughs> and that didn't last too long before I was back in video, back in production, you know, as, as one goes. <laughs> How long have you been doing production? Like, when did you start? I really started performing when I was very, very young. Um, I'm a singer. So there was an element always to recording. And it wasn't that it was a big part. Like, we were just trying to get audition tapes and that and recording our lessons like so it was just really like Mm -hmm. basic but you know you know how to use a tape recorder it was really fun to do my dad's a computer guy and we used to 
it was fun to do video. It was fun to play around with multimedia. And I got a degree in political communications. So we did a lot on video production, campaign production, things like that. And that was the same time I was getting my music degree. Uh, but it was like, you know, you do the things like I would somebody would want me to be on a track for their record or, you know, various little projects for years and years and years. And then eventually I have so 15 years ago was like the first time I edited a video and then I got my interface about then so recording at home starting like 15 years ago tell uh tell us a little bit about what kind of gear you use for for doing your own recording like what kind of microphone is that so this one is a bp40 and our system set up right now is actually a, a setup that was from uh the rme they're an amazing company based out of Germany and Florida. And they are, last year I partnered with them and I went to NAM with them. And then I also, yeah, did a video for them. And it, this is the setup. So I got the mic from that, which was kind of cool. And then the interface is the Babyface Pro. And it's, it's doing pretty good. It's having some issues right now, but like I love their staff because, you know, when you have an issue, you, you can solve it. And it's fun to be in tech because like, you know, this spring I got a, you know, focus right. So if there's ever issues, I have that as my straight backup. Um, mm -hmm. Like, but my primary recording is through the baby face with this microphone. Just the dynamic works really well. Like with my female voice, a little more than even the uh, Shure SM7B. I get a lot less room noise on this one, which I like. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, what kind of um, message did you want to share with us today? Or what, what topic did you yeah. want to discuss? So what we're going to be talking about today is, you know, really talking about voice. And, you know, we're, we're all here recording. And this fall, I'm teaching a workshop and a lot of these videos uh, on what the work I've done with so many clients is just getting our voices to really be solid with a microphone and with our settings and so that when we're getting the best audio and you hear that all the time, everyone's like, well, you should go and just get the best audio. But then you get frustrated because it's like, they're like, well, but how? And so, right. it, yeah, it's complicated. yeah, it's complicated. So, you know, taking that approach and this workshop that I'm starting this week and is, is really about that. It's like the holistic verse with the tech, you know, because like I, you know, what, what do you do to have a good voice? What should you be doing when you're recording? Probably not sitting with as chill as I am right now, you know, but then also what are, what kind of tech works in your spaces? And you, and so often like they're because of the sales market of everything or just, and not everyone wants to learn it really, really well, but there is an increasing class of folks that do. So, Hey, let's talk about it. <laughs> So since this is the first show, I'm kind of curious, like, what's the the format? Like, what's tell me what we're doing here. Well, basically what we're doing, and, yeah, since this is the first show, it's I'm still kind of finding my footing with this. No, you're doing and great. And I'm kind of cutting a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically I want people to be able to listen to this and get advice. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are audio students or just yeah. audio people like us and, and who do production and, you know, cause everyone can learn from, from yeah, anyone. Totally. Uh, so just having audio industry professionals just talk about what they do and offer advice and suggestions. Yeah. Are you um, offering questions or like, is it more of a conversation or like, I'm just kind of curious cause that yeah. helps. Yeah. I still haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I think like for now it's going to be just a conversation. Okay. Uh, in the future, I might plan it out a little bit more and kind of get um, form questions. But, but it's uh, exciting like when that. you get to like episode one because now you're like, oh, okay, 
right? You get to start yeah. that, that brewing of the brain. And that's one of my favorite things about, mm. I guess, podcasting is the creative side. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's an interesting medium that's really come into its own in the last, I don't know, few years. Yeah. I mean, the one thing mm. that I always had as a base, though, is is I've always known how to use a mic. Like, yeah. I mean, I was sing- like, I remember being like mad as a six year old that like for the, the church choir that like I had to sing the solo and couldn't have a speaking line. You know, it was just dumb. Like I could sing since I was really little, you know, and yeah, which was awesome. You know, like I was playing piano mm-hmm. at six and just like part of that music world. But I've always known how to hold a mic and I did theater for years and years and years and you know, if you mess up that mic, you just look like a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's just like 101. And that's just being on stage is like, don't... If you're a singer, I mean, you get to know that. Yeah, you totally get to know that. Um, But what was so cool is I have, um, I was a flute player and a pianist. And one of like the cool things just about being me is I have a really, really good ear. Like, you know, when yeah, it's pretty fun. So, um, you know, and, it, and it's just one of those things where I like have I'm pretty self-taught when it comes to production, but I've mm-hmm. also been a part of it for so long for me, like, while I may, anyone who knows me knows like my, my hatred of unsolicited, um, question, I mean, your replies, but at the same point, yeah. like I love, I never, it's part of it is cause I'm never afraid to like ask for someone how to fix it. Cause I just really want to fix it, you know? <laughs> right. Right. How else are you going to learn how to, yeah. How to fix it. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah, it's fun. And so, but my ear, because of it, like you, you kind of figure out what things work and what don't, you know, how to like get that crispness. And I have like a, you know, a few tools that I go to for it. What tools do you go to? Uh, so I've been using Audition and I like Audition and then I edit in Hindenburg. And the reason I do that in Audition is because they've got just like a few really good tools that start off as plugins. For me, they're like worth the $20 a month with that DAW. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's like a few reasons why I like them. Uh, and it comes down to video as well because of the I've done of like video projects throughout like little pieces of it, but it's you, it's hard to clean audio and video in most programs, but this one it doesn't because there's a delay that'll happen in the bounce. Like it's it's, it's just because it's integrated for it, it's so nice. And the other one, of course, I use is RX. Uh, so the I have the the st- standard version, and then I also have Neutron and Ozone and such. And I I use Neutron kind of to like put a little extra sauce. If there's if someone gives me like a really clean sounding audio, like I can make it just sweetened, like sound a really really good. But the other tools mean that the most of the audio that I get, and why I think I speak about voice, is that it's I'm just trying to fix problems as opposed mm-hmm. as opposed to getting those vocals extra extra cool sounding. So. Yeah, I would say I do basic compression, just an audition always, maybe a little EQ, uh, and then I I do my EQ and Neutron because they just they have such nice presets that like I can tweak them just enough, but like they have a good start. Base, yeah, cool. it's fun. I don't I don't know much about Hindenburg or Neutron. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I use Logic Pro. I I started yeah. with recording bands and using Logic Pro or Pro Tools. Um, I did my album in Logic. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what would you say are the benefits of using uh, Hindenburg specifically? Uh, podcasting. I mean, so the yeah. that's one of them, and it's just what I. 
uh, the, the, the big thing about Hindenburg is there's there's a couple really big things that I have learned to like versus other DAWs. And one of them is they have this clip section. And when I was doing narrative, like that was so key. What, the other part of it is that the way that they save sessions doesn't accumulate everything like Adobe does. And that's really frustrating, especially like when you're working with multiple clients. You, like you don't want to have every file there, but the organization uh-huh, of right. Handy is so easy. And I can have uh, things from five episodes ago or delete them or I've got clips, like just pieces of things, words. I can collect stuff. It's like really good, especially when you're doing creative projects. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing is, is that the way it cuts... It takes it from being that stereo double file like it does in Audition. Some people love that. But it moves to another part, and you can just literally highlight and just move things down. Like, you don't have to do clicks and, mm. and crosses. So it's really, really oh, fast. It's so, so okay. fast for editing. And I can do – like, I don't need as many clicks for it. There is that extra step, of course, that I'm doing audio cleanup in there and then not in Hindi because I don't love the way that it works in Hindi, and I love it how it works so well in Audition. Um, where it's because in in Hindi it's like you know it's probably similar to like how GarageBand or Logic remembers that where you just kind of like lay on different effects in in addition you can you can like not have your original file anymore and like just clean it and be able to run the whole thing Mm. so you have like a really instead of having like that layered piece which for for, uh, just people talking is really nice and um, so I can just literally cut like go x over like can just move stuff really simply and so for the kind of work when i'm doing like cleanups it's pretty it's really fast and efficient and i can get okay, like a really clean um splice going so that it doesn't sound like it's heavily edited but like it is how, how long would you say it takes you to edit like an hour-long episode it takes about three hours but my edits yeah. are are pretty or i like the magic in it you know so mm-hmm. i could do it faster and it just wouldn't i don't i just don't feel like it would it would just be a lot messier you know like it, w- it wouldn't be as clean um and the sound wouldn't be as like as dialed in as it could be because i do like to put on a couple different uh sound effects i mean not a sound sorry not effects i don't always run a single process i try out a couple different ones based in the day and for me it's part of that's the fun of it right um, so it's like, I still enjoy having that in the edits that I'm doing. So like that first part is just doing that. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I go back and listen to every cut just to make sure things are cool. And I do a heavier cut and I add in silence and things like that. So I just don't have as much fun when I just do a straight cut. I'll, I do it, but. How many cuts would you say that you make? Because um, I mean, for me, it depends on the episode whether I kind of let it be more organic yeah. or if I kind of make it. Um, Which is legitimate. Would you say that you know you cut out all the ums, you cut out all the clicks and stuff like that? Yes, normally? for clients. Yes, for mine, yeah. less so. But yeah. for them, yeah, yeah, totally. But some clients don't want that, so like. Part of the conversation is like, how natural do you like it? But yeah, so you have a conversation with them before. Yeah. And usually what I'll do is I'll do 15 minutes and I'll just say, hey, this is the cleanup we're at. If this feels too clean for you, let me know. Right. Because if they're Mm -hmm. like, wow, that sounds too choppy. And, and, and sometimes that can be based on people's ears. Like I know some people who like cannot stand any cuts, like don't cut out any silence, don't cut anything because they love that lilt. But most of the people who hire me, don't love that lilt so it's yeah. it's like i usually go heavier because if they're willing to pay me what i charge it's gonna like it's not gonna be the like super fast and smash one usually 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you feel comfortable talking about what you do charge? Yeah. I mean, so like Steve's done that, that chart for, you know, for a few years, that's been really great. And there's been a few other that like show the rates of where we're at. And like, based mm-hmm. on my like, level experience, I'm $50 an hour. So like an edit like that. And then I always have like, you know, a monthly piece into it. And um, like, it's adjusted over the years. Um, and mm-hmm. now I'm starting to release, I just jumped up and, you know, I'm starting to charge a little bit more for some of the work that I do just simply because I want to, I want to value that time. And I think my time should be valued. And, um, it's because I do things a little slower. I, it's harder for me to like just stack a bunch of projects because I do Mm -hmm. like the creative side and, and in order to keep being good at that, I do need some space in my schedule. So, you know, that ends up becoming between like, I guess to to put to uh, my flow, I have clients that, pay me as little as like pretty much now the lowest is 200. I think I have one person who's underneath that right now, but generally like we end up close, closer to the 200 mark and then all the way up to like 600 an episode. You are involved with, with Gritty Birds. Is that right? Yeah, that's my company. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and you started this company I, well, how long ago? So Gritty Birds is actually like five and a half, is five and a half years old and it was started as a podcast, I was, I just put out a record and then I, I founded a production company or tried to and put on a, a soul festival and it was incredible, but like it didn't, it wasn't a good fit with the, like my partner in that venture. And I also like, just, I don't know, it, it's really hard to do live events and I was really passionate about doing it, but I was like, well, maybe this is, maybe if I'm not gonna, I don't want to do this alone. That sounds exhausting. And so I, People were reaching out to me in radio because I'd done so much media and radio during those years of my album, mm. this other band I was in, and with production that I got really, I was like, yeah, people are like, why don't you have a radio show? You need to have a podcast. And someone went, one day was like, you should have a podcast. Like, forget radio. Like, you can be anywhere. And it actually right. ended up being on radio and they trained me in narrative production and such. And it was really like podcasting is really what got me my chops up because like when you have a new episode you have to do every week, like and it's narrative or like whatever, it, it, you know, you just really get on top of it. And so, you know, I learned a lot every year. I learned something else. And then the company developed from that. So yeah, as a, as a business owner, like what advice would you give to mm-hmm. people who are just starting their own kind of production business or any other kind of audio business? Um, I would say like, don't be afraid to use like any community resources or grants that you have because there's so much out there and it's really challenging to get your studio going. Um, so I have my studio thanks to grants and Kickstarters and uh, eventually getting job and pro audio, but like those opportunities and those things came up because of my community and also mm-hmm. because they trusted what I did based on like some of the more city organizations, you know, not everyone has that trust, but like you can, without being someone anyone knows, you can get a grant, like you can get these matching grants or, you know, that'll give you business advice because remember that you are a business. You're like, and and you need to think about your future plan and what that looks like. Is this something you want to do as you want to make a little extra money on the side and and that's actually totally valid or my god like I've always wanted to do this I want to have a full production company like you know what are the systems that you have in place you know like is this really what you want do you really want to be running your own business and what are your motivations for why because like 
you ideally want to be doing something not just because it's cool at the time, but like that will sustain and grow you as you develop mm-hmm. in this career. Because if you have a business, you're developing a career. How much time do you say that you spend every week on your business? Oh, my God. I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, lot. Yeah. Like, from the time that I wake up, like, some days, like, I'll pause around, like, four or six. But generally, I mean, I'll, I'll fiddle around, and it depends on the week and the month. Fall through, like, spring is always, like, insane for me. So it's, like, mm-hmm. right now is when it gets really busy. And some of that's things that are total business development, you know, complete business development. It's, like, five years I've been giving a podcasting basics workshop. Last, I think six, seven years, I think, is almost that I've been give, doing, like, panels with them. Because last year I did a panel. The first year I did a panel, too. And... Um, I've done the like podcast month, um, national podcast month, uh, where you like do a nanopodmo a couple times or I've never finished it, but they've been times where I'm like thinking about what I want to be doing. Uh, I think about creative projects. Um, it's a good time to get into that. Um, I've been actively involved with my podcast for years during that time. And it's just like, as it gets dark, it's easy to like really focus in. I would say summer, like definitely a little less focus. It's it's nice to go hang outside when it's really nice, but as soon as the weather changes, it's like, you know, remind myself to take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's important too. Yeah, uh, how much time do you think you spend on um, marketing? On marketing, I feel like that's an area where, when I've always wanted to spend more. So like the part where I never mm-hmm. quit working right now, and I'm choosing at the moment is that like, I've been kind of developing this plan for a while. And now in order to implement that I, marketing is so much of it and it's tiring, you know, it's, it's like right. getting up and like right now it's like, well, um, I put on makeup because I want to film something right after this to finish this video. Right. And I had a meeting and I want to look nice. Like there's that whole element of it because your part of marketing is showing up right? Mm -hmm. Is answering emails and like making sure like it's the most tiring part. And um, I've been having a big push now for a couple weeks in my whole like building up my marketing plan. And it's just like, okay, this is the choice, right? And then the idea is that some of it's going to be natural, but like it does end up hitting where in times where I have so much work, I can't do as much of it. So like, like this week today, I had um, like I was waiting on clients and um, they need to send me stuff. I finished my pro- work from yesterday and like, okay, I'm like, cool. I'll work on my projects. Like, that's great. Right. And so it's an, it's a day for marketing for me and I'll work through tonight into that because I know that tomorrow, like if I get files from like my, like my true crime show, like I've, we've got to jump on production because we're behind in production after he got sick. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like that's like an, ex- it's true, but it's also could happen with any show that I have. So I need to be ready to like drop everything and not reply to emails for a day and a half, <laughs> like, you know? Right. Well, it's good that you have that much business. Um, yeah. It's, ha- it's, you might not have time to do all the marketing. It's hard, but some of it is like more the kinds of projects and like anytime you get a timeline. Um, like it's definitely I always have room to grow and like there's, you know, things that come and go. But because I work with bigger projects, like when a project leaves, it's like, oh, crap. Right. Um, you know, it's like having less apples. And so that can leave gaps. And so like I've been building up um, like educational sides. Like this has been the big part that I'm working on now and the difference in the marketing. So I start a workshop this week. Um, which I'm really excited about. And then that'll turn into an actual course that I'll launch later this year, like one of the actual ones where you can just enter it. But I'm excited to have a live group. Like it's going to be 
so neat to finally teach a class like this one, which is that holistic and tech side of recording. And like my, what I'm preaching is like, let's have good sound. Like we don't need Mm -hmm. to have crappy things. And like, but we also don't always have to spend a million dollars. What does that mean? And like, how do, how can we just be better with our mics? Are there any specific kind of mics or equipment that people use frequently that you would say, you know, don't use that? I mean, it's challenging, but condenser mics, it just really Mm -hmm. over and over. And it's, and it's, upsetting to me because I like the thickness that a condenser mic brings you know no question it's very rich it's great but there are so few people that actually have a space that is truly without that and and it comes down to you know that they don't mind having things be messy you know and if you're okay with messy that's fine but it's hard as an editor when it's like you're not with the right mic and then they're asking you to fix all these problems. Right, because you're going to degrade the quality um, in you, some way. Yeah, and so it's just like, yeah, you can do it and degrade the quality, but it just feels like I don't only want to be doing that because I spent so much time doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, so I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, get a, get a dynamic mic, you know, get a dynamic mic. Yeah. Like I love this one, even just like a basic E835 or SM58 or like... Yeah, that's what I like to use for, yeah. for my... Because it's pretty noisy. And that's the thing. And even anyone who's like, I really nailed down the sound, like at the same moment, they're constantly writing in forums. You know, anyone who's le- in this process of learning, there's a huge boom of it. They're just being like, how do I get rid of the sound? How do I get rid of the sound? And mm-hmm. a lot of those aren't things you can get rid of without like completely screwing up that sound. Like you can magically do it, but it's like a pain. And mm-hmm. it for podcasting, it's just not the same. So unless you do have a closed closet studio in your home, like you should have a dynamic mic. What what do you think about like the the USB mics? Honestly, like, uh, I I had a Yeti. That, I mean, if we want to talk about like the most hated mic in in at yeah. least editors' worlds, and the most beloved one on the podcaster's side, like the Blue Yeti mm. is 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 a fight. And I used it, and it's been a great tool for me at moments where it needed to be. And but it was a USB, and I've I always had clean sound through it. And then I had a Q2U for a brief period until it was stolen two weeks later, and uh, that was back in January. And the uh, that was uh, same thing. I have a video. It's like my most watched YouTube video. Um, and yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. And I had no issues with it. And it also had clean sound. The USB market has changed. I used to, when we were at Guitar Center, I still think you're getting better with an XLR. But today, right. most people don't, and especially today, like literally today, most people just don't need to have more than a couple at all, you know, of those things. And, and the mm-hmm. worst case scenario is then you have a better mic for your Zoom calls, like whatever. And then if you want to eventually, you can up-level to a interface. So, But for most people, I think there's no problem with it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And they're so, so easy. Um, but these folks who are trying to chain multiple USBs, it's possible to do it. Yes, you can do it, but don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the other side of the coin. I don't think I've ever tried to do that. What happens when you? When um, you it's that? just you have like, like anything, and I, I do a, I do a lot of sound routing because it's fun, 
and exhausting and tiring and wonderful is uh, <laughs> is that you have to go through like certain chains to be able to route the sound into the piece. But then what you're forgetting, and it works, but then you're all of a sudden going through different places. So like when you're doing a lot of that routing, that's just more signals it's passing through. And you don't want to have... It's more complicated. Yeah, and, it, and it's bringing it up to potential sound issues and static and issues with your mm-hmm. Wi-Fi or, you know, whatever. So, And some of those USBs are not made well, and they do have electrical issues, and they will break, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, my clients, I prefer if they go US, you know, with, with XLR, but if you're just out there being like, I want to start a show, and I want to do that next week, put yourself in. But, like, be a little patient for that dynamic mic. You know, look unused. Um, but like there isn't a huge like inventory right now for USB mics that are dynamic. So it's, you know, and even companies like Mackie, bless their soul, I, I've advised with them. Like I st- I'm like, why don't you have a dynamic one instead of like a condenser? <laughs> like it still drives me crazy. Yeah. But I get where they're coming from. It is the superior vocal quality if you have the right conditions. No question. Uh, what, what about like new editors? Like what would you suggest learning first and like getting down? Like you have like, you know, EQ and compression. And what, what do you think is a, the most important thing to start with? Yeah, I mean, I would say get that compression down, Get figure out how to get balanced. Like the very first thing and the thing that comes up most often as an issue is that people are not at the same level of recording. And so you've got Johnny who's loud and Sally who's quiet and how to mm-hmm. do that while also, you know, cutting out those background sound because like you can... Though that you know coming to that compression like compression can do that but compre- it can also be the worst way to do it and how to really nail down that little process there's a lot of ways you can get rid of sound you know get rid of noise there's a lot of ways that you can change your audio levels figuring out which one you can do the best right now and then learning another one like you know as soon as you've got uh-huh. one down learn another tactic so that you can do it faster right but like mm-hmm. figure out how to keep a low audio, you know, how to get that compression level right or that like sound high and low on your DAW so that two people can be talking at the same level without suddenly having background noise boost. If you can figure that out, like you have step one, like even before you figure out how to cut and then cut, get into cutting. Let's say like, you know, uh, someone has just figured out how to do the EQ and compression and everything you need to just like your basics. Like what would you say to them like advice wise to... They want to start finding clients. Set up. This is where the marketing comes in. And it it can even, remember, like, there's different kinds of marketing. So it can be, like, that you are just word of mouth and say, hey, friends, which is what Facebook is. Uh, I'm looking, I'm interested in, in taking on clients. Um, first of all, have a show. Have your own podcast before you go into podcast mm-hmm. editing. I, I truly, truly believe that because I think you'll understand it a lot better. I think that knowing your own voice allows you to know other voices and that it's like I don't think it's a good thing for any kind of market to be offering free services in exchange for experience because uh, there's ways to do that, but you can learn it a lot better with your voice in the community if you launch one yourself and then move like the best editors I knew had a show and then like developed it from like picked up other clients from it. So mm-hmm. that's my advice for sure. And, you know, have a website then when you're finally doing it, like have all your branding and then apply for jobs, you know, like 
take a look at, you know, what your goals are, like have a landing form, even if it's just a Facebook page. Like if that's the first thing you do, cool. Like the next month, you know, get the next step. You know, it doesn't all have to be in one day. But yeah, reach out to your networks and then start building up that online presence. Is there anything that you would like to to add that we haven't discussed? I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of curious about like when I think about people and what they're what they're doing, I'm kind of curious like what their goals are, you know, as far as like, and so I mean, like, this is my question almost back is like, if people listen to this and you are, are taking a listen, I want to hear like, wh- what do you like in your audio? You know, like, do you like it to be really clean? Like, what's your favorite? Like, what's your feedback? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, as far as my audio goes for, for podcasting, yeah. um, I would say it depends because I do a podcast um, uh, called Denver Music Community and um, yeah. it's interviews, news, and reviews from the Denver music scene. And yeah. um, it, I like to to keep that really like the pace going. Yeah. So I will make a lot of cuts and keep it super duper clean. But I think for this, it'll be a lot more just conversational. If there's yeah. an um in there, okay, fine. I don't care. Like, yeah. as long as it isn't like... Every, if it's every other word, of course, like cut some of those out. But yeah, I like how um, I like that the show can be different, you know, based on that mm-hmm. audience, you know. Um, yeah, done the vibe of the whole show. And yeah, and, and that kind of comes down to that vo- voice, like have, you know, it comes back around because the voice is not just how does my voice sound like the other part of this huge trifecta and why content always comes back in is like, you know, yeah, like what what's the sound that you want? And how's it going to get there where you have to can spend the least amount of money so you can actually make a return? And, and, you know, and that's the same if you're, you know, having an editing business too, is like, yeah, figuring out how to keep things as simple as possible while continuing to grow it. And every, every show is a little different. Every business is a little different, you know? Yeah, for sure. But like, know your, but know your voice, know what, know what, like what your stance is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that can be difficult to... To figure out right away sometimes. Totally. It I takes like. time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your first um, one. Your voice is going to be different. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, th- this episode is probably going to be different than episode 10 yeah. uh, by quite a bit. But really, I just want people to learn something from it, especially if they're interested in starting their own audio business. Yeah, totally. No, this is fun. I, I like what I do. Uh, you know, there's, it's always up and down, but like I've gotten to do just really, really cool things and I appreciate it. It's fun. And, you know, like being able to be creative and use both sides of the brain is just pretty magical. And yeah. I, I don't see myself getting sick of it anytime soon. Cause I just don't know how that would be possible because like <laughs> if I got sick of one thing, I can just explore another path and go down it you know like it's what you love it's what you love i yeah. feel like that's true with a lot of people in audio uh-huh. people get into audio not because like oh you can make millions of dollars starting out <laughs> <laughs> but because they really just like you know love recording or, or making sounds absolutely it's fun to talk about audio <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and that there's a big it's a big community it's huge mm-hmm. and now now podcasting's part of the conversation finally you know that's exciting yeah. so and uh, I guess, yeah, to wrap it up, like tell people, and I can put this in the show notes too, but just tell people where they can find you and, and your, your information. Yeah. So Jenny Ren Stotrup and I have Gritty Birds podcasting. So that's Gritty Birds, G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. And that's grittybirds.com. And then at Twitter at Gritty Birds. 
and on Facebook, Instagram, both Gritty Birds and Gritty Birds Podcasting. So I just launched the Gritty Birds Podcasting Academy. So if you go to www.grittybirds.com, like slash academy, you can get info on that. And then my YouTube channel, I've also launched. I'm really excited about this um, series because it's like 10 to 15 minute videos of like different, very more tech based stuff and releasing weekly. Uh, So like there's plenty of places to find me. But like if you just go to my website, it's really fast. Um. Well, hey, Jenny, I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having Um, me. I really appreciate it, Sean. Thanks for listening. I really hope that you got something out of it. Check back on the first of each month for new episodes.